Yeah, I may have made those jokes before I knew what a really trash person... I thought Anthony Weiner was just someone who sent a picture of a dick to someone, and now I know that he's very bad. And maybe when I release this episode, I will include this mea culpa where I say I do apologize for calling Andrew Greedus Anthony Weiner. If a friend ever tells me that he is going on a trip on a jet plane, the first thing I'm going to do is ask him when he'll be back again. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we start the show with a joke that sounds more sad than it does funny. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together we're Henry and John talking about things and tackling the cultural blahness of the the wait, the current app blahness of the cultural zeitgeist. That zeitgeist is bland right now. Oh man, it needs it needs every spice on the spice rack to get it to palpable lev- levels of uh, flavor. You know, sometimes when you like bite into the zeitgeist, you're like, ooh, zesty or zeisty. Uh, or spicy, uh, but now the zeitgeist, nothing going on, nothing good at least, nothing, uh, nothing, just nothing. Yeah, it's like the kitchen ran out of salt, and instead of trying, you know, sending someone out to buy more salt, they're just, the kitchen is just operating as though everything is normal, and so all the food coming out is just completely flavorless. It's like the chef of the universe. Uh, I believe someone call him God. Her. Uh, opinions differ. <laughs> but I believe the, the chef of the universe was serving up a, a delicious meal up until a few months ago. And then they looked in the cabinet and they said, oh no, all we've got in the pantry is anxiety. <laughs> I guess it's... Uh, it's just heaping servings of anxiety from here until, you know, the eons pass. Now, the flavor, yes, there's a lot that could be better. Um, the preparation is not great. It's cold. But let me tell you, these portion sizes are to die for. <laughs> it's not good. It's not flavorful. It is Big, come on down to the anxiety kitchen where all of our serving sizes are child size, as in they are the size of an actual child. Now, I won't uh, lie to you. In my college years, I would routinely and as a point of pride uh, eat at restaurants, particularly buffet restaurants, where the food was not good and visibly dirty, uh, but did come in, in tremendous quantity. Yeah, there's something to be said of places, I don't know, I'm just going to name a few, and uh, don't be offended, anyone listening, but places like, I don't know, Golden Corral, or Ryan's, or 
Lubies. Ooh, ooh, I've never been to a Lubies. You want to hear a Lubies story? Yeah, sure, I'll hear a Lubies story. But first, I'm going to open my drink. And now you can just, you can say your story. Oh, we'll talk about drinks a little bit before we get to the Lubies. What are you drinking? I am drinking. I'm back to beer this week because uh, I don't know if you listened last week, John. But last week I was drinking a rum and coke. Yes, I was here last week. I didn't have a lid on that particular uh, container that I was drinking from, so I kept putting it down on the same table as the microphone. Great. And so when I was editing the episode, I had to pause every 20 seconds to take out a thunk of a cup being placed down on the same surface as the microphone, and I shan't be making that decision, the mistake again. So I'm back to beer. I'm drinking a Breckenridge brew, Brewery Vanilla Porter, and uh, it's delicious and smooth and sweet. And that is uh, one of the best beers we've had since uh, we started drinking your wedding beer. Not best beers, just beers <laughs> released sick of. Uh, I personally am just drinking whiskey because we... I've had a little bit of an alcohol journey since we last spoke. I did manage to obtain uh, a growler of my favorite beer from my favorite brewery. Since we live in a relatively populous city and I would like to give them some cheap heat. Uh, It is a Fructus or a Fructis from Black Star Co-op. My favorite business in all of Austin, Texas. I'm a huge fan of pretty much everything they do. Uh, But I don't know. Have you ever had a growler filled before? I have not ever had a growler filled before. Is that like half a keg? Uh, growler is 64 fluid ounces. Uh, so it's like a milk jug, kind of. A little bit less than a milk jug. Uh, and okay. I think that equates to roughly a little bit more than a six-pack. I might be totally wrong. In fact, I think I am. Let's I think see. it's a little bit less than a six-pack. If you're help? six... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I have a bean situation. Bean got in the room earlier if I didn't leave that part in the episode. She didn't know how to jump down from the window. Oh, no. Uh, So say your six-pack is made out of 12-ounce cans, John, and there's six of them, as the name suggests. How many fluid ounces is that? Uh, 72, I would think. Yeah, so that might be a little... A growler might be a little less than a six-pack. Yeah, so it's totally reasonable to drink one of those in a day, right? Um, I mean, people often go through six-packs of really, really bad cheap beer, like uh, Bud Light or Coors Light, what have you, because, you know, you have to drink that much to get a buzz going. The, so the interesting thing about the, the Fructus or the Fructis, it's a pretty high ABV. It's my favorite kind of beer. It's a super hazy, juicy IPA. Uh, I lo- oh, your favorite. I love it so much. It's seasonal, so it's not there all the time. So I got a growler to support a business. Quick shout out to Black Star Co-op. The way that they were handling every transaction is pretty much the, the perfect example of how businesses should be handling transactions in this time, in that when I was getting a growler filled, the thing that people want to be careful of is when things are in cold containers, because heat typically anything over like 86 degrees, not great for this virus, microwaving or anything over like 130 degrees, very bad for it. Uh, really can't survive, I think. Uh, so typically your takeout, your hot foods are fine. But if you're getting cold things like ice cream or beverages, people tell you to be careful. 
Uh, if you're getting a growler fill the way that Blackstar handles it, at least they take your growler. I have a problem, so I actually have a growler of my own that I take for fills. Uh, they uh, attack it with this uh, restaurant sanitizer. I think it's called Sanus. They do that before they even fill it. Once they fill it, after they're done, they fully sanitize it. They hand it back to you. Everyone's wearing masks. They're changing out gloves at every step. I never felt safer getting a thing from a restaurant. So they're doing a great job. That sounds great. And you didn't tip them, right? Uh, okay. This is something, and I don't know if I shared this. <laughs> I don't know if I shared this on the podcast, but... One of the reasons that I love this place is, is it is an owner-owned co-op, and they do not believe in tipping. Uh, but that left my mind, because <laughs> whenever I've ordered any kind of anything during this time, I tip the hell out of the people who are bringing it to me. So sometimes, uh, and I'm in a position to do this, I don't blame anyone who's not, but if I do order food, sometimes I will tip as much as the food I ordered in tips to the person. Oh, okay. I, I've been over-tipping, but I, I have not been doing to that extent. Uh, it's just because I'm in a comfortable position and these people are putting them... Tip what you can afford, obviously. Uh, yeah. But it, it's just because these people are, are running a, a unique risk in a unique time, so sometimes if I have the means, I'll tip exorbitantly. Uh, so what I did when I went and got this growler fill, I brought a $20 bill with me, because obviously... Uh, and by the way, Blackstar lets you pay over the phone. It's great. It's a whole thing. So you don't have to yeah. touch anything. Uh, but when I got there at a $20 bill and I was like, I want to give them this $20 bill to be like, hey, I appreciate you. You're open. I know you guys don't take tips, but I'm sure you're taking them today. They would not take it. Wow. That's pretty great. Uh, they're, they're Stick lying. to your guns. They, they would not take it because they said, hey, our owners take care of us. If you want to give $20, we still have like a chest in the back and we can put that towards Habitat for Humanity <laughs> uh, or some other charity in addition to Habitat for Humanity. And I was like, yeah, do that. Yeah, uh, I guess do that then, yeah. It's very strange in this time to not have a tip be accepted because that's basically the currency I've been using for my service industry essential friends to say, hey, I really appreciate you guys. This sucks. Uh, so please take yeah. my money. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I've been viewing eating out or getting getting takeout uh, food lately as like keeping the businesses that I love in business, <laughs> you know, pay, pay paying attention to like how people are treating their workers and supporting those decisions and then just trying to keep certain businesses afloat. And so I've been tipping pretty heavily to, to be like, Hey, I'm glad you're supporting the business too, by working here. I want this business to be here when it's all over. Please take my money. And I want to continue down the alcohol journey, but this is kind of a, a perfect segue for something that I believe really strongly right now that I think maybe people should take to heart. Now, I know you and I are pretty much on the same page about like paid sick time, raising the minimum wage, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I hope that once all this is said and done, people realize how well we need to be treating the people who make sure that we eat and learn and live when we're sick. Uh, I, I hope that we realize how truly essential these people are because uh, I don't know if you uh, follow the markets or what's happening on the earnings report for certain corporations. 
but it's uh, not hedge fund managers and CEOs who are creating value in our economy and allowing us to live in one of the best countries in the world. Uh, It's definitely not those people. Yeah, no. And I, I for one, am just glad that uh, the government had this payroll protection program going on. And I'm just very happy that places, you know, like Roof Crisps and Shake Shack (laughs) are receiving the small business loans that they so, you know, need in order to float, even though Roof Crisps reported $468 million of revenue last year. I'm just glad that they've received $20 million in small business loan money to protect the uh, the workers that they furloughed. I mean, even it's it's an it's an amazing feat of uh, of just truly effective legislation in that something that's written into law saying that only companies with less than 500 employees can apply for it, but you just fudge it so everyone can apply. Uh, it's just it's it's just really effective legislation. Now there's a good and a bad to it. The good thing is Shake Shack, after tremendous and deserved public outcry, returned their ten million dollars small business loan. Uh, I'm glad they did those uh, burger bastards. And from what from when I still ate meat, I want to make it perfectly clear: Shake Shack sucks. Uh, but. <laughs> I'm glad they returned the $10 million small business loan. That's the good thing. The bad thing is whenever I read these articles, they say Shake Shack returned $10 million small business loan. It gives me a really huge appetite for $10 million. (laughs) I know. They keep advertising this $10 million Shake Shack meal, and uh, I just want $10 million. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to Shake Shack in a long time because, like I said, I can't stress enough that their uh, greasy beef and dumb cheese sucks. Uh, but just really want to walk into a Shake Shack, get this $10 million everyone's talking about, get that number $10 million. And I just, uh, I want to give a further shout out to the bank that arranged both of these small business loans and approved them. So, uh, and you know, this, this is a small mom and pop bank called Chase. Oh that... God, really the, <laughs> truly the essential organization. <laughs> Super essential. They've been bailed out numerous times. They had so much value to the economy by approving loans to Ruth Chris Steakhouse and and Shake Shack. So just just a big pat on the back for Chase National Bank, uh, mom and pop shop, and uh, apparently the loophole finder of the year. Yeah, they, they are. Listen, they're just such a great organization that an artist whose name I forget, but I will find, uh, create a series of paintings of uh, Chase and Wells Fargo locations on fire. So just a, <laughs> a great organization. Oh, let me know when you find that name, because I feel like that's a person who is essential that we need to plug right now. Uh, very much. Now, getting back to the, uh, well... The alcohol quick, journey. Quick thing before the alcohol journey. Like I said, this is the thing I care oh, about. Oh, the essential workers. Yeah, The essential workers, they're propping up the economy. They're not propping up the economy. They are literally the economy. Don't let people <laughs> who are hedge fund managers trick you into thinking that they're the economy, because they're just dummies. Uh, but the... Th- thing that we want to make sure of, and this is a a realization I came to relatively late about two weeks ago, is that you do vote for your dollars, but you also save people's livelihoods with your dollars and you have to make hard choices. But if at one night you're thinking, oh, do I want Italian or Greek food or a burger? 
Uh, do I want like pasta or rice? What am I feeling? It's a really hard thing to do because we haven't been conditioned to do this. But you shouldn't list, look at that list of delivery locations and choose what you're in the mood for. You should genuinely choose which business you want to survive at the end of this because if we are shut down for as long as we're going to be without government assistance, which it's looking like there might be some government assistance towards these businesses that's more substantial than what we have right now, which is what we need, but extringent of that, the yeah. current projection is 75% of, of small businesses in the food sector will be closed permanently by the time this is over. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, just in Austin, one of the last Thread uh, Gills locations. Thread Gills number one. Close. Yeah, permanent. Very famous Austin uh, place where music, you know, used to be played. Famous music. I don't know how to talk about music, but famous music was played there. Yes. Uh, Mag- the Magnolia Cafe on the lake, I think, is now closed forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enchiladas uh, Imas closed forever. Yeah, that the very famous video rental place that was still in a Vulcan video still in operation. Yeah, Vulcan Video, R.I.P. And uh, one that really kind of spoke to me. This is not local, but the UCB New York chapter yep. permanently closed their theater and their school. Mm-hmm. They're still going to operate in like places where they can rent space. But their permanent locations are closed. So uh, I have maybe, since I'm in the a community here, a lot of people who are either still members of the UCB uh, or, or past students, I would like to say my heart goes out to them. It's one of the worst things in the world when your primary creative outlet, especially something that's as storied as the UCB closes down. Uh, but maybe if you're the UCB and you're suspending all classes and closing your locations, uh, maybe let your students know beforehand. Uh, I think yeah, it's a pretty yeah. shitty thing to do if you don't tell anyone and then you shut everything down. Yeah, Amy Poehler. Uh, yeah, Amy Poehler, who's responsible for all of the decisions made by the UCB. Uh, she is the one of the like current runners, her but, and Matt Besser. Uh, but all of that to say, if all of that improv talk, obviously, to say, if you're looking for places you're ordering from, maybe let go of your desire for Italian food if you haven't ordered from a place that serves a really good burger that you want to survive. Uh, Maybe accept the fact that you're still going to eat delicious food. It's just not going to be exactly what your heart of heart wants. And honestly, it's an extremely privileged decision to make, but please support places you want to continue to exist. I've had to make really hard decisions. Yeah, yeah, no, especially if they're like super local places that are not part of a franchise, unless, you know, you like what that franchise is doing. Like, uh, I think I mentioned previously, Texas Roadhouse is CEO, like foregoing a paycheck to make sure his workers are are paid. So then we we went and supported that business because we liked what the CEO was doing. Yeah. I mean, just keep in mind that your, your dollars have never been more powerful. Now, John, what do I do if I want to make sure a restaurant is there at the end of this, only the restaurant is not open for takeout? So for restaurants that aren't open for takeout, and I can actually use a hyper-local example, 
one of my favorite restaurants in the city, which I don't go to as often as I'd like, is uh, Bolden Creek Cafe. I think I've dragged uh, you there. Uh, we have times. we have been there numerous times. Yeah, uh, I I attest that the food is very good. Most people tend to agree, but it is all vegetarian. Uh, however, Bolden Creek Cafe. Uh, and it, I think that they got a, a pretty big, like small business grant that, that went out pretty recently, but they closed down completely because they couldn't, they couldn't say without a shadow of a doubt that them continuing to operate wouldn't increase the chances of someone getting the virus. So they made the ultimate ethical decision and they shut down completely, no takeout, no delivery until they feel like they have a process in place where they could have no negative impact by continuing operation. Uh, wow, that's pretty. That's pretty uh, altruistic. Uh, Bolden Creek Cafe is great, but if you're in a position where a business that you love is not open for takeout because either they infrastructurally can't afford to, or they ethically choose to close down, uh, buy gift cards wherever you can. Check their Instagrams; most local businesses have them. Uh, in addition, and this is going to be a, a helpful tip. Call the business directly. A lot of pieces, a lot of places are having their uh, their general business phones ring through to either operations managers or even the heads of the businesses if they're super local. Uh, so they're forwarding calls. Call them directly to see how you can help, what you can buy if they don't offer gift cards. See who you can talk to because I'm. A hundred percent serious. We are maybe a week away from your favorite restaurant closing forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are very much on the brink. People don't realize how bad the situation is for local restaurants. Do what you can. If you're ordering through Favor, uh, DoorDash, Postmates, Grubhub, I hate the names of all of these places. Uh, but if you're ordering through any of those, keep in mind that they do maintain a portion of uh, not of the tip, but of the total purchase price that is kept to the the business that is that sends out the runners. So if you can call the business to see if you can purchase from them directly and have someone from the business bring the food to you. Uh, usually they're kind of on skeleton crews, so they're not going to be willing to do that. They're happy for any business, but always check that first. I know a place in Mueller, uh, the Mueller Development, Miller Development in Austin, I really like. They're having people run all over the city. They're willing to take any number of orders from the business, paid to the business directly. Check with them first. Okay. And, I, and, I mean, that and sounds take pretty out great. If you can. Delivery is a frivolous <laughs> thing. And God, you need an excuse to get out of the house. Yeah, we've been doing takeout pretty much every, everywhere. Just because I don't like delivery... Uh, I don't like delivery either because it increases the chances of my food being wrong. It's an additional expense. And I really like the opportunity to drive to my favorite business and be like, huh, remember when, uh, remember when I could just come here and sit down? That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a world. But John, you keep saying that we're about a week away from all this happening, but I, I don't know if you've heard the governor of Texas speak lately, but we're reopening the economy on Friday, John. Oh, yeah. We're, I'm sure that uh, the governor of Texas and whatever serious psychological problems he has is is telling him that he, it would be a good idea to reopen the economy. It's very, it's very much worth noting that when the CDC, the World Health Organization, and, and every other major health-focused body started to... Uh, present flattening the curve, much like uh, South Korea has done, as a way of curbing the illness. Uh, the 
even in their foresight at that time, they said the thing we cannot do is when the curve begins to flatten, which it is, uh, this is a, a very, it's a sad thing to report, but also a good thing to report. We're expecting about eight, what is it, the 21st? Yeah. Seven days from now. So a week from now is going to be the peak of U.S. Uh, deaths due to the coronavirus. About a week from now. Oh, good. After Jesus. that, it will begin to go down, which is great news. If we that is great news. doing what we're doing. Uh, however, in their infinite wisdom, limited wisdom, the CDC said when the curve begins to flatten, what we cannot do is assume that it's over. Because if we yeah. do that, we saw a dip in the curve, and then we said, oh, we overreacted, it's fine, coronavirus, who cares? And then it's going to triple. It's going to exponentially increase, and we're going to undo all of the progress we made. I just think it's funny that a governor who did not issue a statewide shutdown has the spine to order a statewide opening up again. Yeah, I, it's... Uh... I think a lot of it has to do with... Uh, it's Greg Abbott, right? Who is our governor? Greg Abbott is the governor. Uh, I believe a lot of what Greg Abbott does, uh, and this is just me looking at his political track record, I think what he tries to do is he tries to take away the autonomy, the power, and the joy of his state uh, without <laughs> em empowering it or doing anything because i believe the only thing he has ever done has been like a, a massive killjoy and try to derail plans that uh, counties and cities in his state have made he seems like a real fucking moist diaper yeah yeah the te texas state government can be summed up as mayors of cities propping up initiatives to help people and then the governor comes in and just, like, knocks them down with his hands, like houses of cards. I just really hope that we continue what we have done in the past, which is Sweet Mayor Adler, uh, who I have not always 100% agreed with. But I hope that Sweet Mayor Adler uh, fights with him every step of the way and we remain closed because uh, we're going to die if we don't. The good thing about Austin, and I say this kind of tongue-in-cheekedly, is that Mayor Adler looks to see what Houston does and copies everything that Houston does. And Houston is way worse off than we are right oh, yeah. now with this whole coronavirus thing. So they're, even though the, the, the governor is saying that they're going to open up the economy or whatever, Houston's not going to follow suit. And so we are not going to follow suit. Because we just copy Houston. <laughs> good. Uh, well, I guess good in this case. It's also worth knowing that a Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor of Texas, said, uh, real, "Oh my God, real simpleton, uh, real." He's real. Never in my life have I read a headline and said like just about politics and just go like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Out loud to the headline. But today it came out that he said, uh, "There are more. Sometimes there are more important things than living." There are more important things like living, like this country, which is why we need to uh, to open back up now. The thing that I appreciate about Dan Patrick is that if you took uh, Governor Abbott's statements outside in a vacuum, you could maybe see that he was making a good point. Thankfully, Dan Patrick came in and uh, he explained the whole thing to us and explained that they're the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. 
He, he took off the mask he was wearing to reveal that he likes to eat corpses. He's a corpse eater, and he just wants more corpses for his dinner plate. It's like, uh, it's a real Star Wars situation, where uh, in, in episode one, you're like, maybe the Republic has some good points, and then Darth Maul shows up, you're like, oh, it's the devil with two lightsabers. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. They're evil murderers, of course. Yeah, they're they're very they're they're very evil murderers. Uh, but yeah, don't do that. Don't open your governments back up if you are privileged enough to have the option. Don't go back to work and fight this at every step of the way because uh, mask off. They have officially let you know that there are more important things than your life, such as your local economy. I thought it was going to be a bigger deal when, like, the governor and mayors of Florida Florida took their masks off to reveal they're all the shark from Jaws when they opened up the beaches. <laughs> yes, you, you would think that would be a bigger deal. I thought that would make bigger headlines that the, the entire leadership of Florida are all collectively the shark from Jaws and said, it is okay to go to Amity Beach. It is fine. Everyone should be out in the water. We are the shark from Jaws. We are signing out. I I really appreciate, though, that uh, almost every civic leader, at least in the South, other than sweet, sweet Mayor Adler, who just copies Houston, uh, pretty much everyone has shown that they are just the mayor from Jaws. (laughs) They're like, there's no shark. You can come to the beach. It's a beautiful day. We're happy to announce the beaches are open. Why are you dropping dead? Why are you all dropping dead? Yeah. The beaches are open. Yeah, it's uh, it's real hilarious. Uh, once, nah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wish anything on anyone at this point for the sake of it being funny. But I'm just saying, wouldn't it be? Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I know that we went on a long tangent about my so, alcohol journey for about, about this alcohol journey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so going back to it, what I like to what I like to call what we just had is a cloud atlas, where we start with one story <laughs> and we continue, and then once that story's over, we start building back. Uh, yeah, my alcohol journey is thus: I got the fructus from Black Star. Support your local restaurants and fuck your local governors. Uh, however, that was about sixty-four fluid ounces, and I don't know if you've had a growler filled before, which you said you have not. Uh, growlers go flat pretty fast after you've heard they, oh, they yeah. fill it up to the top if they're a good place Blackstar's a good place but once you pour the first one there's a lot of oxygen in there that starts to to interact with the beer I'm not a scientist uh, but your typical growler goes flat because it's basically like a big opened beer after you take the first glass out of it so you got to drink it relatively fast uh, yeah because it's carbonated Yeah, and it, so once once that air hits that carbonation, like it's just going to go flat. I mean, it's not, no, no way to save it. So my initial uh, response, my initial plan was to get the growler from Blackstar, nurse it over the course of the week uh, until we got to today, to the podcast, and I would have a Blackstar to be able to talk about, which is something I've wanted to do on the podcast forever, which is it, be able to extol the virtues of Blackstar Co-op's beer. Did not have that. So... Yeah, uh, I thought. But at least we get to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, oh no, continue. At least we get to talk about it anyway, because you got to talk about the experience of getting the growler and supporting your local businesses. 
And what I wanted to do was I wanted to have wine going into this uh, because I, like pretty much we, like pretty much every household during this time, we're going through wine like crazy. And I think there's actually like a psychological explanation to that. I don't think your typical house, unless they've accepted the dark truth like I have, are going through liquor extremely quickly. Uh, Liquor seems like a special occasion. It seems like a treat. But wine is... Some people say it's healthy to have a glass or two every day. You're having dinner, you might as well have some wine. Wine is normalized. Wine doesn't have a five o'clock. So, you know, (laughs) if you had a particularly rough four or five hours of your day over your lunch, you might have a big heaping glass of wine or sangria or something. Wow. So we we had, I I just think people are drinking a lot of wine right now. We haven't been going through wine as much, but uh, only because uh, my my oh no oh. my sorry, wife Henry. oh can we get a can we get a can we get a wife check? Let me go see if she's available. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> You available for a wife check? Yes, you have to find it. I do have a. Love your listing. What's wrong about me? No, I did not. I didn't. You didn't? I did not. What was that? That was you were watching Love or Listing without not, me. I was not watching Love or Listing without what, you. How dare? You, I would you, never. What were you watching? It's called Hometown. Oh, okay. A different one. You see, they like that thing, and so they have done it many ways in many styles. Hold on. You making a mess in my office? I am not making a mess in your office. Hello, John. We're here for a wife check. Hello, Henry. I'm going to let me. you take it away for a wife check. All right. I'm here with my wife, Jamie, and I was just telling the story uh, of the alcohol we've been drinking lately. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> John has, has a theory that people are going through a lot of wine lately, but we aren't doing that. But it's mainly because for Easter, you gave me what I can only surmise is a gallon of rum. <laughs> That's accurate. Um, it was supposed to be a surprise. And it kind of was, but we ended up going back to the store between the time I bought it and Easter. And so in order to not arouse suspicion, I let you buy more rum. <laughs> so <laughs> now we are overflowing. Um in the best of ways, right? Um, and I, honestly, I will say the only wine that we have drunk in this has been because on Sunday mornings when we do virtual church, um, you gotta have communion. You have you have the bread in the cup, and it's and you know Catholic roots are deep and strong. <laughs> so uh, I use we go to a wine. Presbyterian <laughs> church. I know, but like when I've given the choice to have real wine for communion versus cranberry apple juice, then it makes more sense to me to do wine. So got to open up a bottle. Can't let it go. Can't let bad. the bottle go bad. Got to drink that whole bottle yeah. on Sunday. But yeah, we that's really the only wine we've drunk. We've done mostly all the other hard liquors in our cabinet. Rum, bourbon, gin. Vodka. Vodka. And a little bit of tequila. A little bit of tequila. And then we yeah. got more tequila and finished it. So things have been popping off over here in the uh, Henry and Jamie household. 
party 19. Oh, wait, no, 20. <laughs> party like it's 19. Uh, uh, what do you think of that, John? Well, I've got two quick takeaways, Henry. The first one, please let Jamie know that even though this is called wife check, she identifies as her own human being and is not being objectified as your wife for this segment. It's a joke. Number two, let her know that virtual church henceforth shall be called (laughs) John says virtual church is now henceforth known as virch. (laughs) That's wonderful. He said some other things, but I'll tell you later. And I think that's that's going to do us for this week's edition of Wife Check. Um, Wife Check. Can I protest? Because you didn't ask me and check on me. You just said, We were hey, checking on the alcohol. Oh. Um, okay. Henry, I'm going to call that. Why are you I'm fu- going to call that a Wife <laughs> Check faux pas. All right. Uh, wife. Yes. How are you? I am happy and my belly is full of all the leftover queso. I left none for you. You ate all the queso? You left! I had to do the podcast! You ate all of the queso? Yeah, it was gonna go bad! Oh no! (laughs) You could have left some? I left you some salsa! Is there salsa? Okay, there's salsa. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Alright. With that, I take my leave. Goodbye to you all. Wait, wait. One question. One follow-up question from... Uh, we've got a question from the audience. Uh, it's me, your husband. I just want to know, um, did you eat all the queso so just in case we had a wife check, you could bring it up that you ate all the queso? No, I was hungry, and I was really thinking of the fact that the queso, if we, if we had to heat it up another time, it wouldn't taste as good. All right. All right. That, that seems to check out. Well, uh, thank you for coming on for Wife Check. As always, John wants me to tell you that uh, you are not identified by being my wife. That is not your personality. It is simply a bit. But thank you nonetheless for coming on. Thanks for having uh, me. And we'll we'll (laughs) check in on you next week, I guess, if I happen to say the words, my wife, which I did this week. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, so it's changed to specifically, open quotes, my wife. My wife. Close quotation. Yeah. Okay. All right. Solid. All right. Goodbye. See yourself out. (laughs) 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 And that was my wife, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what I call a dark Dark wife wife chair. (laughs) Was it dark? That one had what she, I like to call a dark, dark outcome. She uh, she ate all the queso, John. I, I heard. Let me let my cat in real quick because she was trying to beat oh. the door. This cat will check, the cat check. Uh oh. Uh oh, cat check, check. Why are you screaming about? What are you screaming about? Why are you mad? Why are you mad? You a small podcast? Okay, so I've got Bean here for our first cat check. She jumped. Okay, she's gone. Uh, Well, that is a first inaugural cat check. So, yeah. Why do you come up to me like you want to be petted and then I touch you and you swat at me? What's happening? I think she wants to swat at you. She doesn't want to be petted. I guess. Damn. Well, that was a good wife check and cat check.
that, yeah, that was just to say that uh, we have not been drinking wine, but it's only because we have a gallon and then a pint of rum. Uh, that is fair. If I had a tremendous amount of liquor, <laughs> I would probably be dipping into that a little bit more. We've been killing the wine. Quick shout out to Trader Joe's. You can buy like a liter and a half of sangria for, I think, $4 at, at Trader Joe's. That's that's pretty that's pretty affordable. And sangria, it's it's even easier than wine because wine has a certain amount of uh, of psychic commitment to it. But if you drink sangria, it's fruity, it's lower ABV. Why not have a little sangria with your breakfast? <laughs> it just kind of slides in there, and you know you're you're eating some lunch, and then what's this? Uh, just a half glass to a full glass of sangria. Yeah, I mean, sangria is one of those things where if you told someone that you had, I don't know, poached eggs and sangria for breakfast, they'd be like, ooh, fancy. But if you said you had poached eggs and rum, they'd be calling the police. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of tired of this, this double standard of brunch drinks. Like, I, why, why is it okay to drink just like a, what are they, a mimosa and, and any flavor why can't I just drink rum straight out of the bottle for breakfast? Hey, listen, I'm with you. Solidarity. Uh, but we've been uh, killing wine lately. I wanted to have some wine on the podcast. However, uh, somehow it, it all got drinking. Uh, so <laughs> we still have some wine, but it, it's wine that I don't like. It's like rosés and chardonnays. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a very dark, I'm an offensively dark kind of tobacco noty merlot syrah kind of person so you're more dry than sweet yeah i like very dry red wines that taste like you're drinking a tree uh no so those are the best they're they're very good uh yeah. so no wine so i'm drinking reversal just some whiskey just some whiskey yeah, we, uh, we did not have any liquor in the house. However, moments before we started recording, we actually had to go to a liquor store uh, to purchase some whiskey to make a delicious tofu roast, which I interrupted the podcast earlier to go taste. It's delicious. It's beautiful. I expect posts from of it from my beautiful girlfriend on Instagram probably within the next couple minutes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's my alcohol <laughs> journey. It only took the wow. <laughs> literally the entire episode to get here. That, that I mean, yeah, and we squeezed a lot in there uh, in the middle of your journey. But I'm glad we finally wrapped that up because we've got a lot to talk about this week. John. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> this. I'm just poking the bear. What, what an in, what an incredible reveal! Forty to forty five minutes into a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, rem remember the structure of the show, John. I do a dumb joke at the beginning. I say the stuff I say every episode. Then we shoot the shit for like ten to twenty minutes, and then we get into the episode. And so now we're at that junction <laughs> of we're just getting into the episode. <laughs> Well, I well I brought uh, let's see five different topics to discuss, uh, all in in great detail. I'm pretty sure we covered most of them already. <laughs> uh, there is one, if you didn't have anything to cover, that I would actually genuinely like to talk about. Uh, is it the one we discussed before we started recording? Uh, I don't believe we talked it... about it at all. Okay, I'm I'm happy to discuss something that's not related. So what we discussed, because I feel like we already kind of touched on it. 
Yeah, and there's been a lot going on in this podcast related to the thing that's going on right now. Uh, This is, I mean, everything in the world is related to the thing that's going on right now, but this is not totally the same thing. There's there's no C word in it. I'd, I I welcome a tangential tangent Jesus tangentially God damn it tangentially ah oh, fuck <laughs> what's that what's the word I'm trying to say John tans tan tangentially is that a word I think it's tangentially I can't do the sha like tangent chili. I'm happy to talk. I'm uh, yeah. I'm happy to talk about something coronavirus adjacent. Yes, it is very adjacent. <laughs> it's also keeping in the theme of this episode of being extremely local. Uh, so you know, we've talked about a lot of Austin things. We talked about the "Hi, how are you, Frog." We've talked about Daniel Johnson. We've talked about Lime Scooters. We've talked about cryptocurrency. We've talked about Waterloo Records. You know, we, we've talked about everything about Austin, but you know the one thing we haven't talked about? Any of the things you just mentioned. That's right. South by Southwest, baby. Oh, the big old dang old convention that lasts all of March where people who from music, people from technology, and people from movies get together and all watch my short film. Yes, uh, your short film, Zero Credits, the short film. Uh, which has been uh, lauded at uh, at con for uh, not being shown. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, but maybe we should make that movie. But uh, what, what what's going on in South by Southwest? So we all know that South by Southwest, uh, a gorgeous, horrible event, which uh, brings in four hundred thousand vapid idiots to our city. Now South by Southwest is great. Uh, we all know that it was slated to be March 13th through, through March 22nd, about a month ago. It was canceled in its entirety uh, because of the global pandemic. A pretty smart decision, I might say. Yeah. Uh, however, canceled, canceled before it was even like a big thing in the U.S. And uh, now South by Southwest canceled definitively. However... Uh, where will all those movies go, you ask? Uh, where will their audience be? Uh, so South by Southwest and a, a couple organizations, including one for the preservation of indie films, the name of which I can't find right now, uh, which is a shame, have partnered with, those ones are the good guys, have partnered with uh, Amazon, the bad guys. Uh, shame. But I also get that there's really no place that would have the infrastructure to host this, so I get it. Uh, For 10 days, uh, Prime Video will be hosting films, narrative, documentary, short, and episodic that would have premiered in their entirety at South by Southwest for 10 days for everyone, for free. That is amazing. So they're essentially uh, giving everyone access to South by Southwest that they wouldn't have otherwise had. I believe it starts on April 27th, but I'm somehow I think that's not finding the dates. I think that's right, because I, I read it the same thing earlier. Yeah, so for 10 days, April 27th to May 6th or whatever, uh, for all 10 days... Free to everyone will be the seemingly entire lineup of films that would have shown at South by Southwest. So you can get your South by on 
from the comfort of your own a living room. Included seems to be 39 films launching on April 27th to May 6th. That's a lot of films. That is a lot of films. Now keep in mind a fair amount of them are shorts, both narrative and documentary, I believe. Uh, but there are quite a few pretty uh, pretty interesting sounding narrative films. I haven't heard too much about them, but that's typically uh, that's typically the deal with South by Southwest is you don't know too much about it. Yeah, I'm looking through like a little synopsis of a bunch of stuff and uh, seems like a lot of short stuff, a lot of narrative stuff and a lot of documentary stuff. Yeah, and that's uh, and I think there's also some episodic stuff as well. I think there's a, an episodic feature, uh, I think called Cursed Films, which is supposed to, and this is I think uh, paid for by Shutter, uh, the streaming service, but it's essentially tracking the history of films which are considered to be uh, cursed or had uh, uh, just a, a series of inexplicable things happening behind the scenes, like the real skeleton and poltergeist things like that. So I'm really interested in watching that one. Cursed Films is a five-part documentary series from Shudder, exploring the myths and legends behind some of Hollywood's notoriously cursed horror film productions. From plane accidents and bombings during the making of The Omen, to the rumored use of human skeletons on the set of Poltergeist, these stories are legendary amongst film fans and filmmakers alike. But where does the truth lie? Well, I'm really surprised that the example they used was actually the poltergeist skeleton. I know. That's why I read it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> of, the, of the narrative features, I think there weren't too many. There were maybe just four or five. I think I've heard really good things about Cat in the Wall, but of course I haven't seen it. I look forward to seeing it once they make these available. Yeah, so that, that's pretty exciting because normally... Normally, I would I work right through South by Southwest because I don't have the time, nor the money, nor the patience to go stand in a bunch of lines filled with people who don't live here yeah, to, I, to go see these films. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. But now, because I have an Amazon account, they're bringing all the movies straight to me just for a limited time. Now, my typical South by Southwest experience is to go to nothing, re- not a lot that is South by Southwest, uh, like, mainline stuff. But then, what is it? Like, the what's the name of that big stage that they build by the lake? It's named after, like, a oh. hotel or something. Yeah, like the Marriott. Yeah, it's like it, the Marriott it, it, event stage. stage. And yeah. they always have that, like, bad Budweiser trailer. But I always breeze through those lines. I never have to show any an identification. And I get to go to uh, truly amazing concerts that are just, like, one lift away. So I definitely don't mind that. But I'm not, like, a big South By guy. Yeah. Uh, I, that's how we saw uh, Nathaniel Radcliffe in the Night Sweats. Yeah, Nathaniel Radcliffe in the Deathly Hollows. Yeah, I don't know his name. You always make fun of me when I say it. And uh, you did, well, I mean, it is, it's Rateliff, but pretty close. Uh, I also, uh, last year, South by Southwest, rest in peace, I saw uh, Andrew Bird, one of my favorite artists, and it was incredible. Oh, I like his brother, Larry. Larry Bird, he's really good at basketball. Yeah, that was a joke. Um, Scotty Pippen. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait a second. Are you referencing a very, very specific thing that I... <laughs> no, that's just another name of a basketball okay. player. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, so South By, everyone gets to experience it. Everyone gets to be on the red carpet, watch these really cool indie film things that are they're going to be at the other festivals if they happen and uh, you're going to hear a lot about them and you're never going to be able to see them but now you can yeah and i think one thing that uh we need to keep in mind going forward into this very strange thing that's happening right now is is culture hasn't totally stopped and new movies are still being released uh yeah um what's the name of uh so kumail anjiani uh, my favorite uh, American the love Pakistani birds. comedian, The Lovebirds. The uh, Lovebirds, yeah. I believe that is being released on Netflix on May 20th, 22nd, something like that. A movie I was One of those two. forward to. Ever since I saw the trailer for uh, The Lovebirds back when movies were still shown on the silver screen, I thought it looked like a very interesting time. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for it. I really like the trailer. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I, I think that's something that I haven't really interfaced with since this all began is actually trying to watch movies because for the most part, uh, the ones that have received the most press have been your animated features. I'm not going to watch frozen two again, even though I think it rules. Uh, and yeah, I'm not going to watch I mean, trolls world tour. I was about to say you had, you have trolls world tour come out, which is like, okay, whatever. But it was announced today, John, that the uh, for some reason this exists, the reboot of Scooby Doo called Scoob is no longer getting a theatrical release, but it is going to be released digitally in the same manner as Trolls World Tour on like May fifteenth or sometime like that. I do wonder. I mean, this is obviously going to reshape how we uh, distribute content. I wonder how this impacts the creatives. I wonder. I mean, we're obviously going to lose box office numbers for these, which is a, a huge metric for how these people get paid. I wonder how they're being compensated for this. Yeah, the decision to do these straight to streaming services releases, it, it's very interesting because it's not as though it's just popping up on Netflix or Amazon. Like you, you have to pay $20 to get it for 48 hours or shell out. Uh, just five dollars more to own it forever digitally mm-hmm. and, and like i it, i do want to know the impact on how much money these movies are making because they're not coming out in traditional theaters and whole families are paying one price to watch it as a unit yeah i mean it's it's got to be it's got to be less or maybe it's more because I don't know, the entire model's changed. This is something we're going to be looking at for months. Well, we're not, but people who distribute these things are actually going to be looking at this for months to see if this is actually a distribution method that makes sense. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens. I just hope people are being taken care of. Yeah, one can only hope. Hopefully you didn't you didn't get uh points of the, on the back end for these for these movies because there's no back end. Yeah, there's just uh, there's just front end, baby. I do, baby. I I was thinking this. Uh, we recently uh, watched a semi recent movie. We watched Little Women, uh, which I like to call the movie where a child yells at Trisha Ronan for about fifteen minutes, <laughs> and I'm incredulous, but the rest of it's extremely good. Uh, we watched that, and 
I'm I'm not a big like rent or buy movies on a service person. Uh, and I think we ended up renting it on like Row 8 or Voodoo or some other service that just no one I know uses. Yeah. Uh, but when I rented it, I was like, huh, I wonder what this looks like. Because the only way I interface with movies is I see them in theaters or I buy them on Blu-ray. Or if they're free to stream on one of my services, I do that. I don't know how profitable that is. I have to imagine it's it's profitable. I just hope people are being taken care of because this is a real hard time for creative people when we've never needed them more. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's an interesting sort of thing to think about, especially from the mindset I've always had, which is like, well, if it's not available on one of the services I pay for, that I'm going to find another means to watch it by any means necessary. Wow, what a demon. I am a demon. I mean, but it was... Hey, Soap Today was brought to my attention, not from my own efforts, John. Uh, yes. Uh, I certain say, other parties. I will say that uh, Soap Today has really impacted the way that I interface with media in that it's all there. The funny thing is, uh, randomly, this past weekend, uh, I learned that, I'm not going to say it, I learned that Jamie had never seen Office Space before, so I was like, oh, well, let's track down Office Space, and it's not on anything, it's not on any streaming service, you can rent it from a couple of places, but it's like, I I just, come on, come on, it's Office Space, I don't want to rent it. Yeah, you don't want to give so, Mike Judge money. Well, he's already made the money he's going to make. The movie's from 1999. Like, it's it's over, you know? You're not yeah. going to make more money on Office Space. So I went to Soap today, and they didn't have it. <laughs> oh, no. So I had to result, re- resort to other streaming means. Do you say you I'm not going to name my other, source. Do you say you had to res- resort to other streamies? <laughs> Other streaming means. Oh, I heard streamies, which henceforth is what I <laughs> shall call all streaming services. Yeah. We watched uh, Office Space and we also watched Airplane because she had never watched that. And I had a great evening and oh, her eyes like, got stuck. Sounds her good. eyes got stuck permanently in the eye roll position. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that there's a certain class of comedy enjoyed by scumbags like us that if we try to show them to significant others, they are not uh, huge fans. I mean, <laughs> Airplane is just the funniest movie of all time. It's a crime that it exists. One thing that I uh, keep trying to do, not well, one thing that I have done with all of my previous significant others and have not put Allison through is a watching of Super Troopers, uh, which I Ooh. think is priceless. I love Super Troopers, but I'm very afraid. I haven't watched Super Troopers in the longest time. It's been greater than seven years, and the world has changed significantly, and comedy is a moving target, as we all know. Uh, So my concern with anything that I haven't watched in a significantly long period of time is that if I go back to comedy, it will have aged poorly which you know that's the problem with comedy out out brief candle uh it's only funny for a certain period of time (laughs) until time moves on so i'm really afraid i'll watch super troopers and they'll just say something that's super not okay and they'll be like oh no now i have to let this movie go from my mind 
I always just excuse it by saying it was a different time and then moving on, hoping that I, that I've done enough. <laughs> yeah. You never have. I mean, look, sometimes uh, I forget what company this is. Cause I know for a fact, it's not Disney, <laughs> but another company that had like an animated thing that featured very problematic by today's standards thing had like a disclaimer that's like the the you know there are jokes in here that were appropriate or, or like that were not appropriate because it you know but like that were seen as okay at the time that are completely not okay today but we've left everything intact to preserve you know I, I forget the exact wording but they didn't like censor it to preserve some sort of like a I don't know, history or if you just censor it out, you're ignoring the fact that it's not okay today, you know? Yeah, I, I don't believe in censorship because censorship ignores the past. No one wants to be Disney where you censor out the button splash. Uh, you you always want to be aware the of these things. The splash? There's a, in the movie Splash with Tom Hanks, there's a butt in it. Oh, uh, the butt in yeah, no, I've seen I've seen the gif of the oh yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't look good. Yeah, it doesn't no, look good. It very much doesn't. And it's ridiculous that uh, I, I think it's stupid. And I don't think you should censor things just in, in general. I think that they did the right thing by giving it context because that's the best thing you can do. But yeah, I you do give find- context. I do yeah. find that when you explain jokes or comedies to someone, particularly a significant other, if uh, you, like me, are in uh, a traditionally defined heterosexual relationship, and you say, it was a different time. We didn't think women were like, you know, people or the same as us back then. It was a, it was a different thing. Uh, well, it, see, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. You, you used a word that you shouldn't have used. You said we. You weren't alive when that movie was made. You're right. or, or like you weren't behind making that movie. You don't have to defend your position. You say the people that made the movie didn't think women were humans and they're scum. But the rest of this movie's pretty funny, huh? Yeah, the rest of the movie's hilarious, and I want to level with you. When it came out, I thought that part where women weren't people was hilarious too. But it was a different time in the nineties. If we, yeah, I mean, like, if we ignore all the things that are problematic now, it's it's akin to censorship, but it, it's also denying that you've grown as a person. Like, yes, I used to think that was funny, but now I see how wrong it is. So you're demonstrating that you have grown as a person, and that's character. Yeah, the, the past is important for many reasons, and you ignore it at your own peril. Well, if you ignore the past, you end up, I don't know recreating the spanish flu oof oof anyway oof. <laughs> let's let's not cuz hopefully that doesn't happen hopefully uh, yeah. uh yeah i've watched downton abbey it gets bad Wait. yeah downton abbey oh. gets bad not the spanish flu <laughs> downton abbey actually gets significantly Does- worse as it goes on uh, I, I've never watched it because I have no interest in uh, shows or movies that don't feature d- the distinct possibility of someone in the cast being a robot. Oh, dude, you'd be so surprised. <laughs> oh, really? Is, is it an upstairs person or a downstairs person? All of them. 
<laughs> They're all robots. Yeah, it's a big twist because in season three, they reveal not only did it all take place in the future, but they rearranged the letters in Downton and Abbey uh, to show you that it actually says baby robotty. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's like a weird... A weird M. Night Shyamalan twist, but even worse than M. Night Shyamalan, because he's never rearranged the words on the screen to show you the twist. Also, just keep in mind, in this case, baby robotty is spelled very strangely. (laughs) Well, yeah, it would be B-A-B-E-Y. There's no R, (laughs) which is maybe the biggest problem. They don't. They don't like. <laughs> Sorry, they don't erase a little bit of the N and down to make an R. No. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's. It, I think it's like baby robot. There's not even an R. I can't even continue this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're all robots. Spoiler alert. Wow, that changes the entire way that I see that entire series. Entire. And it should. Hmm. What were we talking about? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I've hit the point in a recording where I've lost all perception of time and the past. We were talking about problematic jokes in movies from the past. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Perfect. And uh, so never worry about a joke from the past again. Just explain that the past is garbage. But this is pretty funny, huh? <laughs> Yeah, no matter what, we need to acknowledge that the past is garbage and move on. Yeah, the past is garbage, and I have no explanation for why, randomly in a scene, an airplane when everyone is panicking, a topless woman runs in front of the camera, jumps up and down, and then runs away from the camera. I don't have an explanation for that. The past is garbage. Look, the past is garbage. I don't have to defend it, but it was pretty funny when it happened at the time. (laughs) It's pretty shocking, huh? And if you're shocked, you're laughing, right? That's how I think. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect approach to comedy. Oh, Airplane's a perfect movie. Please no one tear it apart. It's weird, yes. It's got weird... Shut up. It's a good movie. It's funny. Look, just enjoy it. As many of us enjoyed the button splash before it was taken away from us. Never saw it. Is it about mermaid? It's about a butt. <laughs> the entire... They censored the this pivotal... Is... The pivotal climactic scene of Splash. This is the story of a butt. Oh, no. Uh, poor tom hanks poor tom hanks's butt (laughs) that's the one they censored out right i uh he got over covid though i'm glad i'm glad that whatever blood of children they're injecting into celebrities gets them over the virus quickly no 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 It's, it's like that south park joke they just put money transfusions of millions and millions of dollars into their veins Let's not talk about this, but can you imagine how much damage to society will happen when South Park puts out their coronavirus episode? (laughs) If they can contain it to one episode, I would be kind of impressed. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think South Park. Let's not talk about it, but I don't think it's good for society. Nah, I I don't watch it, so I I have nothing to contribute to the conversation. Neither do I. I, speaking of having nothing to contribute to the conversation, I think 
that so tell us, us more about this tell us more about this alcohol journey <laughs> oh okay so uh i'm drinking whiskey it's uh ba, 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 ba. uh man wouldn't it be great <laughs> if we had like two hours of the alcohol journey we could have had we could have we could have had but I, I think I think you're right in starting the wind up for the wind down. Uh, I think, you know, we have got nothing more to say for this week. I would I would say that is accurate. And since I'm editing this week, you are editing this week. Yes. Ooh, that means I have to edit out the part where we won't mention it again. Uh, I am editing this week. That means that you have the. Solemn, sullen, sodden duty of giving us those social media plugs. And if you know what sodden means and want to tell me what it means, you can get at us on Twitter. We are ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. And John knows what that stands for. That stands for... Is there some way that I can make this rearranged to say ro- robot? No, come up with come up with another one before he moves on. Uh, so we were robots the whole time. And if you want to send me like the a picture of the page of the dictionary that Sodden is on, so that I can know what that word means, attach a picture to an email. And send it to email at zerocredits.net. That is our new email address. It is uh, sparkly, shiny new. And it is also attached to a website that I believe is called zerocredits.net. Mightn't one see? There's nothing on it currently. But by the time this episode goes up... Mightn't one see? Mightn't one see what's there. If that's not the tagline of our website, then I don't know what would be. Do websites have taglines? I'm moving on. We're on Facebook, but whatever. And we're also on Spotify. But here's the thing about Spotify. You got to go to the podcast section of Spotify, type in zero credit, open parenthesis, S, close parenthesis, and you will find us on Spotify. Leave us a spot. I don't know how it works. Shut up. We're also on Apple Podcast. You can find us there, plain as day, any day of the week. You go there, click on some stars, leave us a review. It's a really good thing in this time that we can climb the charts. I don't know what that was. Uh, But the most important thing in today's Society for Podcast is for everyone to remain in their homes safe. Wash your hands if you go outside. Wear um, personal protective equipment. If you've you've got it, a a cloth face mask would be good in public spaces if you can't maintain the six feet social distancing thing. Uh, So while being under all of that protection and safety measures let people know word of the mouth is the only way we can survive so write on a sign listen to zero credits and march on the governor's office nah i don't like that line of 
Just tell people through email and other ways that we are a podcast worth listening to. And I know when they said to put PPE on your face if you went out, I misunderstood. And I just got PP on my face. Oh, John. And from everyone here from the Zero Credits Remotely Studios. (laughs) Five bedrooms, five bathrooms, five bedrooms, five bathrooms. My name is John. And we would like to wish you... Ah, uh, happy week. <laughs> and my name's Henry, and this is the part in which I say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Fun up, good up, quick cat check. She's asleep. Yay. She's getting fu- How'd you get paint on your feet? <laughs>